are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you. Well, good morning, Hope Church. Let me extend my welcome to you along with Catherine's. And um, yeah, as she's already mentioned today, we've got a guest speaker. And, you know, for myself, having been in Guildford for the last two years, I've really been made welcome by the other church leaders, but none more so than Charlie Kang, uh, the leader of Family Church. So, um, so good to have you with us today, Charlie. Why don't you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me, Chris and uh, Catherine and Hope Church, which was Centrepoint, but now Hope Church. Love the new name. Um, I'm Charlie Kang from Family Church Guildford, as Chris said, and I've been pastoring for three and a half years. Uh, before that, I was doing the student ministry whilst working up at the University of Surrey. So I volunteered for the church and then was working in project management at the university. Um, this September is actually 15 years since I first landed in Guildford. I came to Guildford for three years and then I extended it to four to do a placement with my degree and then um, got a different idea. So here I am, still here 15 years later. <laughs> well, so, so good to have you in the city. And, um, you know, obviously we've all been going through this kind of world yeah pandemic lots going on how's that been for you and and for the church well for me it's been uh, i think a, a friend said this, this phrase which is exhilarating but but putting the church to one side it's been a real time for god to actually reveal hidden fractures in my soul the things that were always present and was probably affecting relationships and the way that I live my life and the way I viewed things, but perhaps didn't realize to what extent. And it was a little bit like a, a yeah, a boiling pot that it just all rose to the top. And I was like, really? In the middle of a pandemic, you want to do this, God? <laughs> and turns out there's no better time. Um, so that's kind of been a personal journey of, of revealing the, of un uncovering the fractures, but also receiving healing from it, which is obviously amazing um, and stronger for it. And in terms of the church, it's been, yeah, like I think many of us have seen this actually, is that there's, it, it's, it's a funny thing to say, but, and I, and I have to say it in this way, because this is what I felt God was saying to me. And, and I realized that Jesus is still at work <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous but as church leaders i think we can all fall into the trap of oh but if i'm not if i'm not preaching in person if i'm not calling that person and encouraging them and yes we're called to encourage yes we're called to lead and shepherd but i just had this moment where jesus just in my god time i just felt jesus saying you know i'm the great shepherd and it just it was one of those like a loving slap around the face and a hug at the same time of get a grip and I love you, but you know, get a grip and just calm down. And um, so yeah, it's been amazing seeing people uh, just hearing from God in different ways like they haven't done before. And also there's people who have, have, have disconnected, unfortunately, for various reasons. And it's not just because of their walk with God. I think it's just life happens. Um, so we're doing the best that we can to stay connected, but just praying that whether we are seeing them in person on Zoom or not, that God's word is still at work in their lives and, and praying for them. So yeah, it's it's, funny old time isn't it <laughs> absolutely yeah i know you um 
you know, are you guys online? Are you starting to meet physically at all? What's, what are you doing that? Yeah, well, Family Church is um, one church with a little bit like Commission, actually, um, but even more so in that it's one church with many locations. So I, I'm not the lead pastor. I am of Guildford, but in terms of Family Church, we have a senior pastor called Andy Elms, who's in Portsmouth. And so we have seven or eight congregations i should know this um but uh so yeah they've we've actually had the sunday mornings broadcast live from our portsmouth office because they've got a built-in studio and it's amazing so the first couple of weeks whilst you guys were all scrambling together i was like i don't need to record a preach this is amazing um so yeah we've been doing online and for the time being there's no plans to go back like you guys, we hire buildings. And so it's not just about our decision, but it's also that. And then the quality of meeting and all of that. So we're just now in this place of what can we do physically? But obviously, as of, um, as of, Tuesday, as of Wednesday, uh, we heard some more exciting news. So, you know, I'm sure we're all trying to figure out how to navigate through that. So there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Great stuff. So, Gunnar, one more question. And... <laughs> You know, we, we, as, a, as a church, we've been speaking over the last couple of weeks and, and over this term, looking at and um, exploring what does it mean to have unity uh, among the churches in Guildford as we have the shared mission to see Jesus made known to our community. And why, I, I want to ask you, why do you think it's important to have unity among the churches? Um, yeah, this is something that I guess both of us, we've been on this journey together, haven't we, of, of just wanting to draw um, towards one another and towards other churches and church leaders. And, you know, the, the key verse that I always um, come back to is, by the way, you love one another. They will know that you are my disciples. And I think without meaning to, um, all the churches, not just Guildford, but around the world, we've become quite territorial and my dad gave this really funny example he said all the while when I was a child our next door neighbor um, they're an amazing Christian family but my dad said you know what it's really funny because we were so busy with our own churches we lived next door our kids played together every day but I never shared my testimony nor did I ever pray with him and I was like what and he was like yeah isn't that weird and I thought I say what but that's probably the case here in Guildford as well we're so often looking to the the low, like our own church activity forgetting that there's people to reach on our street together that can only be done together and I think for me that's what's really exciting is if we're doing all these amazing stuff for the community what can we do when we work together? What resources, skills, talents, gifts? So if you've got an amazing, yeah, I don't know, preacher or teacher, then how can we work together to excavate the treasures from different places? So we're all richer for it and God is glorified more for it and Guildford benefits from it, um, from that shared resource of people, gifts, talents, finances, desire vision everything so that's yeah i think that's why it's so important to do something that we can only do together that we can't buy our own on our own yeah that's that's so helpful and you know i really love your your heart your passion your, your desire for friendship and uh and yeah and unity across all the churches in guildford and and for your love for god and and his church and um so i just want to encourage you church this morning you know 
in a, in a moment we're going to hear from Charlie and as we do I just want to encourage you to open up your hearts to what God might be saying to you through him and so come on let's come into that place let's be ready to receive and to hear and to be challenged as we hear this preach thank you so much Charlie and uh, yeah let's enjoy this time together Hey Hope Church Guildford, it is wonderful to be with you today and thank you to Chris for inviting me to share with you today. Um, just in case you didn't know, you have an amazing man of God and amazing woman of God, Chris and Catherine leading you and serving you and loving you through this season and beyond. Um, I've gotten to know Chris quite well over the past few years and he is, you know, every time I spend time with him, I am refreshed by his true an earnest desire to grow in his walk with God, to lead and serve with love and with humility and with courage. And um, yeah, I'm so inspired and encouraged every time I spend time with him. So just thought I'd let you know, in case you didn't know, you have an amazing lead pastor leading, serving and loving you during this time. Um, I'm going to pray and then let's get straight into it. Father, I thank you for this time together. God, I thank you that you're not limited by... Uh, us not being gathered physically in a place. So Holy Spirit, I pray that right now you would just fill every room, every space that people are in, that you would fill people's hearts and minds with your love and with your truth. Lord, as I bring your word to your people, I pray your Holy Spirit of truth and revelation will bring about uh, everything that each individual needs to hear from you today to encourage and to inspire to bring correction where it's needed. I thank you, Lord, that you're able to speak to each and every one of us so uniquely and individually through a single message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. And you know, just as I prayed, I really believe that today God is going to speak to every person individually. And some of you will be listening and making notes from today's talk and then hearing something completely different that the Holy Spirit is putting on your heart. Listen to that. Listen to that. I believe that when we open up the word of God and share his truth, it isn't just what is being spoken in that moment. But in that in that place where our heart and our and we are leaning in and we're opening our heart to say, God, I'm listening to you. I believe that we don't just hear what's being preached. We also hear other things that God's wanting to speak to us about. So if you do get any prophetic words or, or pictures or or anything else as as the preach goes on, jot them down. Don't think that's distraction. Let me write it away. But just quickly write it down and then come back and join in with what else um, God is sharing through me today. So we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians together. And the reason is, is that at the beginning of the lockdown, I, um, yeah, I turned to that book, to, to 1 Thessalonians, and began to read it and really found it to be so encouraging and really got so much out of it, especially during this lockdown. And um, so I thought I'd share some points, some, some encouragements from you. Uh, from uh, to you from 1 Thessalonians. Um, I don't know about you, but at the beginning of uh, the season, I was in a in a bit of a, I mean, meltdown is very dramatic, but I can be very dramatic. So I will use that word meltdown. It wasn't really a meltdown. I was I was in a bit of a state of of, of panic, I guess, of, uh, yeah, of worrying. Well, with this lockdown and not being able to meet on a Sunday together, how, how are we going to carry on how we and, and my biggest concern was for people especially those who are new to the faith new to the church 
um, or, or for those who may have been to the church, who have been part of the church for a long time, but ha- are in the process of growing in their prayer life, in their devotional life, in, in how they engage with the word of God and all of those things. And so I was like, well, what are we going to do if we can't? And I, and I felt like I haven't had enough time yet to teach and to equip and, and all of those things. And I know we've got technology, but it's just not the same. So, um, you know, what about these courses that we're looking to put on so we can equip people? What about these places of, of fellowship, of meeting together and points of contact? And so I started going to a bit of a state, really. I'm going, what are we going to do? And um, I got to a point where I had had a little bit like a baby would do, where they run around um, until they're exhausted or, or they play so hard that they're so exhausted, but they still don't want to go to sleep. So, you know, when they have those like meltdowns of, of completely going, yeah, going off on one, but you're going, all you have to do is sleep and then you'll be fine. And I got to that point, basically, I was like, ah, I'm so tired, but I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know how to stop. And um, in my God time in that state, God just, Jesus just gently but sternly um, came to me. And I mentioned this in the interview earlier. I just said, oh, Charlie. (laughs) And he just said, you know, you know, I'm the shepherd, right? And in that moment, I felt both relieved and stupid. (laughs) I felt both relieved and ridiculous at the same time. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. Of course you are. Of course this is your church. Of course, you are the great shepherd of every soul, of every person. Of course, you are the father, God over all sons and daughters. Of course, you are God over all things. And um, it brought so much peace into my heart. And and I, I simultaneously laughed and cried. I think it was one of those like, ha, 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 how silly. And I was a lot and crying and uh, uh, just how stupid the whole thing was. Anyway, I'm sharing that with you. Hopefully um, some of us can relate where we've been worrying about things and forgetting that actually God is in charge and that God cares about those small and big things in our lives much more so than we do because actually God loves us more than we could ever love ourselves Um, and so it was a great reminder and so in that context I turned to 1 Thessalonians and I really connected with it and I'll give you a little bit of a context and a background and the book is uh, it's a letter written by Paul to the church in Thessalonica and the reason he wrote this letter is because and you can see this in Acts um, in Acts 17 when Paul and Silas were traveling they came upon um, Thessalonica and so they began to preach the gospel and began to see people coming to know Jesus and and as they did with Corinth they would have uh, they they would have stayed to teach and help build up a, a community and to equip them and set up leaders so that they can move on and to go and do the same in other places and preach the good news. But Paul felt as though he hadn't spent enough time with them to equip them to, you know, if we're to put it into to the 21st century church planting terms, he had had enough time to embed the structures and embed the leaders and train the home group leaders and the pastors and the teachers and and to just make sure that everyone was equipped to do what they were equipped, they were, what they were needing to do for the community to thrive and um, for the glory of God. 
And so Paul in 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 to 18 says, but since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time. And so you see this, that that, that Paul felt like he was torn away from people that he uh, was wanting to be with, to, to love them and to preach and to connect with them. And this is how I felt. And I think this is how quite a lot of us felt, that as though that we'd been torn away from, that, that our time had been cut short somehow that we weren't quite ready for a lockdown. I don't know when we would have ever been ready for a lockdown. It's not like we're going, oh, well, when I'm 40, you know, for those of us who are in our 30s, maybe, maybe when I'm 40, a lockdown would be good. I don't think any of us are going, yeah, there's a really good time in our lifetime for a lockdown. Elderly or young, (laughs) middle-aged, youth, whatever age, whatever stage of life, I don't think there's any time we go, of all the times, that would be a great lockdown time because actually they have their own challenges. It, we all have our own challenges with this current situation of pandemic. And so Paul, um, it was in this similar situation where what happened was that as he was preaching the gospel, the religious leaders got um, got annoyed and, and basically caused such an uproar that he had to flee from there. And so he ended up leaving quicker than he'd wanted to. And I'm sure Hope Church Guild, you can relate to this. You know, you were so close to to um, to announcing your new name and to moving to a new venue. And you were so excited about all of that. And and though it would have still been hard if you had started and then had to cut short, there's a sense of oh, it would have been nice if we could have at least gathered together to celebrate the new name, the the new vision and the new the new everything that God was doing. And and for many of us, I think we're in that place of oh, if only this happened just Perhaps those who were planning to get married, perhaps those who were in their final years doing GCSEs, parents, those who had just started a new job, whatever it may be. And so Paul had to move on from Thessalonica. And so he then sent his uh, his spiritual son, Timothy, to go and find out how well they were getting on this new group of Christians. And so he says to Timothy, go and have a look, come back and give me a report of how well or, or, or just what's going on. And Timothy comes back with a glowing report and says they're doing wonderfully. And so in response to that report, Paul is writing this amazing, encouraging letter to those that he loves, but feel, uh, but had to cut short his his um, his time with them. And so let me carry on reading that one Thessalonians two seventeen to eighteen. It says, "But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time in person, not in heart, we en- endeavoured to we endeavoured the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face." Because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. And so we don't know what um, Satan did to hinder Paul, whether it was his 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 illness or whatever it may be. It doesn't give any context to that. But I wanted to focus not on that, that Satan hindered Paul from seeing them part, but I want to focus on this bit. It says that we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time. It's for a limited time. And then he goes to say, in person, not in heart. My goodness, isn't that the truth? That we have been torn apart, that we've been been separated physically because we're not able to gather in groups, in worship, whatever it may be. I know that in our hearts that we haven't been torn apart. In our hearts, we are more close than ever before. If anything, it's reminding us that physical gathering was a, an external external outworking of our internal connectedness with one another and it's hard but Paul's reminding us that even when we are physically distant we are still connected in heart torn away from you for a short time in person but not in heart 
And so as Timothy, Timothy brings this good news, Paul um, responds. And, and in that moment earlier when I mentioned about Jesus having to remind me that he is the head of the church, that he is the great shepherd. The first thing that I read as I opened 1 Thessalonians in the middle of that, that dramatic moment of meltdown was 1 Thessalonians 1.4. And it says this, for we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Now, as Christians, we know also from 1 Peter 2, 9, where it says that you are a chosen race, a, a royal priesthood. And it goes on to, to list who we are. And it says that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. And in John 15, 16, it also, we're also reminded that you did not, that we did not choose him, that we did not choose God, that we did not choose Jesus. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. So we're reminded that we are chosen people. Now, when I was going through that, that dramatic, dramatic moment, one of the key things that I was asking God was why? And alongside the why was why me? Why now? I kept thinking, why me? Why could it not have been whoever takes over from me when it's time for me to move on? Why could it not have been the person who was the pastor before me? Why couldn't it have been them, not me? And I kept on going, and why now? I've been part of three and a half years. We're in the middle of, 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 of launching and continuing all the good work that God has for us to do. And there's a sense of cutting short of, oh, but why now? Why not in 10 years? Maybe in 10 years when, when we've been running hard and when we've equipped, when we've been equipping hard, when we've been loving hard, when we've been doing all these other, why not later? Why not before? But the question was, why me and why now? And to that, I believe God is responding to us saying, why not you and why not now? Now, for some of us, we're going, well, I'm asking why me and why now? Because I've got three kids under three. I'm asking why me and why now? Because I've just given up my full time job to go to become a freelancer because I believe that's what God was calling me to. And some of us are asking why me, why now? Because of X, Y and Z, because I'm retired, because I'm older, because I'm younger, because I'm at home with my parents. Whatever situation we may be in, I'm sure many of us have asked this question of why me and why now? But God, if in his infinite wisdom, if we truly believe God to be good and that he is all knowing the omniscient God, that he is a God of the beginning and the end. Then I believe God is turning that question of why and saying this. Why not you? Why not me? And why not now in our lifetime? Why not you and me to be the ones carrying the message of hope in this season? Why not you and me to be alive in the middle of a pandemic? Because this is the reality. This is the truth. It says here that we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. We are chosen because we are loved. And we are loved because he has chosen us. See, this is the amazing truth. While all the time we're going, why me? Why now? Why not later? Why not? Why did it have to be whilst I'm single, whilst I'm married, when I've got young kids, when I'm retired? God's going, why, why not you whilst you're single? Why not you while you're, whilst you're pastoring? Why not you whilst you're a leader? Whilst, why not you whilst you're a teacher in a secondary school? Why not you whilst you have young kids, married, single, retired? Why not you? See, this is the reality. We don't feel that we are the right people for this time sometimes because of the pressures and the challenges. But God sees us and he sees 
ones who are carrying, who have the spirit of God that has been placed inside of each and every one of us. See, I had this amazing revelation, which is that God really doesn't care as, as much as he loves us. He doesn't care what we think about ourselves. And we, he doesn't he also doesn't care what we think God thinks about us. The only thing he really cares about is what he truly knows and thinks about us. And isn't that often the case? Didn't isn't that what happened with Gideon, where 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 Gideon gets this this angelic visitation and and hears these words, "Mighty warrior," and Gideon's like, "Me? I'm just a nobody. I'm just a little weedy little guy." It's like, no. And that's often the case: is that we don't often think or believe that we are equipped for this time to to do our own lives well, let alone to be the ones proclaiming the excellences of him who called us out of darkness into the light. We don't believe this. We don't believe we're equipped for a pandemic. And to a certain extent, we're not. We've never been through it. But God has chosen us, which means if he has chosen us, then he will equip us for this season, not only to survive through it, but to be able to proclaim the goodness of God, to be the carriers of the message of Jesus Christ that brings hope to a hopeless generation, that brings the love of God to to a generation that is seeking out affection, acceptance, to be known and to be loved. And so I want to give you this. I want to turn the whys, the why me and why now into a question from God to you and say, why not you? And why not 2020? Because in God's infinite wisdom, he has chosen you and me to be alive in 2020, in this moment, doing whatever we're doing in terms of work, in the situations that we are in. And God is saying, I have chosen you for this time to carry my message of hope when there is desperation, despair, fear, the unknown cause and confusion I have chosen you to be the carrier of my message of hope. That is what the Father God is saying to us today. And that is what he was speaking to me through 1 Thessalonians. As I was led there firstly by the scripture of Paul saying, I am torn in heart, in person, but not in heart. I was like, yeah, we are torn apart. Yeah, I I do feel like our time has been cut short. Yeah, I do feel like there was so much more that we we were planning to do and in our great plans and God turned around and this happened. It's like, God, I know you're not the author of pain or author of chaos. You're not the author of sickness. I also believe in Romans 8, 28, that says all things will work together for good. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so it's that place of what I know God didn't cause this, but he is in this. This isn't simply because if we believe that this is only caused by the devil and we just need to pray away. We're basically saying that God can't turn evil into good. We're saying that God didn't know this was coming. Well, that's not true. God is a sovereign God. He knew all things. He knows all things. And so in the middle of a crisis, what is the catalyst to change that God is wanting to bring? And I believe the main and the well, I believe the first thing is this that I want to focus on today. And, and I realize that this is probably a three part message, but I'm going to share with you the first point today, which is this, that God has chosen you and me to be alive in this moment in love. Now, if your view of God is that he doesn't love you, is that he is this 
big mighty God who is playing chess with our lives. The moment you hear these words that God has chosen you to be alive in this moment, in this time, all you hear is, of course it did. Of course it chose me instead of Tom, Dick and Harry who passed away 100 years ago. Of course it chose me to be in this situation in this time. Or did he choose you because he loves you and he knows what he has placed inside of you? He knows the spirit of God that he has put in you and he knows that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And though these moments and these times are challenging, he has chosen you to be a carrier of his presence, of his love and of his hope. You may not feel equipped. You may be thinking right now you're watching this Sunday morning and perhaps your kids are running and screaming around the room. Your hair is all over the place. You've barely had breakfast and you've just scraped. You've just crawled toward your laptop and you've gone press play on a Sunday morning and going, what are you talking about? But I'm telling you, God didn't choose you in this time to punish you. God chose you in this time to reveal more of his love to you. He chose you this time so that all the peripheral things that perhaps we may have received joy and love and and affirmation from before have been paused for a moment so that we may glimpse and behold the glory of God that cannot be changed by anything. That cannot be taken away by anything. I'm sorry if that paused for a moment. My phone came up with a notification. But God has chosen you for this time to reveal more of who he is. Reveal more of his love to us that we may be a vessel of his love, of his message. That we may be the carrier. We may be the, the people who, as we believe in Jesus, that we have this overflow of living water coming out of us into the lives and into the workplaces and into the situations and neighbourhoods that God has chosen to position us in. Let me remind you of this, that when God, if God's chosen us, he's positioned us. He doesn't choose and drop off. If he's chosen us, he has chosen us with specifics in mind. He has chosen us for this time and for this season. And I want to encourage you with this simple verse, 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, for we know brothers loved by God. That he has chosen you and me. We are chosen for this time. We are chosen for this pandemic. Not to be the ones, not not because of the negative impacts of it that we need to experience. But we have been chosen to be the ones to carry the message of hope and of love. And I ask you, friends, this question. Why not you to be the messenger of hope? Why not you to be the one who knows the love of God, to share the love of God? Why not you and me to be where we are positioned in our families, in our work, in our neighbourhoods, in our town, city, in our homes, wherever it may be. To be the ones to shout out loud that God is good, that he is love, that our rock, that what brings comfort that what brings stability to our our lives is not based on anything in this world our hope is in Jesus our hope isn't even in on a physical gathering on a Sunday morning anymore you see God's I believe in this season prophetically I believe that God is taking away everything even the things of God that we had placed our hope our comfort 
and have confidence in. Even the things that was good and holy, I believe God is giving this time to remove from us so that we aren't placing our hopes in the things of God. Things from God. Things that pleases God, like gathering together, but in God and God alone. And when we are in that place and as he takes us through that, when we gather together physically, we are not only receiving, but we are then there to celebrate all that God is doing. There is a removal of what is secular and what is sacred. You know, often is the case that it can be the case that the week can be really hectic and we go to church and we have this moment of peace. Well, I believe God doesn't want us to have moments of peace during a worship service on a Sunday morning. But he wants us to be at peace 24-7, Monday through Sunday, 24-7. That we are no longer only preaching the gospel from the platform on a Sunday morning, but we take the message of Jesus Christ that is preached on the Sunday morning stage and bring it into our lives. And so, friends, I want to encourage you. God has chosen you. Let me end with this scripture, which is also in 1 Thessalonians. And if you get a chance, read it all. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from, have heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. And listen to this. The word of God, which is at work in you believers. Whether you feel it or not, whether you know it or not, whether you see it or not, I'm telling you the word of God is at work in our lives. To constantly ready us, to constantly equip us to be the ones who God has to be, to do what God has chosen to do in this time. Why? Because we are chosen in love, in wisdom. God has chosen us to be alive in this moment, in this time to be the carrier of his hope and of his love. Bless you guys. I hope that's encouraged you. And um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I'm just going to pray and we'll end it there. Father, I thank you for this time together. Lord, I pray that, that, that in this message, if there's anything that wasn't of you, that you would just allow it to fall away. But Lord, if it is and everything that is from you, I pray that it will be embedded deeply into our hearts that we may carry it, that it would be embedded and it will bear fruit that is abundant and that lasts for all eternity. I thank you, Lord, that you have chosen us not out of, of, of malice, but you have chosen us out of love to be alive in this moment, in this time. To shout of your excellences. To reveal your goodness and of your love. And to show that our hope is placed in you and you alone for all to see that all may come to know you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you all. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10am. Head to hopechurchguildford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.